Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Oh, what is happening? You are tuned in to one of the most popular cannabis industry podcasts in the world. Uh, my name's Tom, and we have a big show about cannabis news this week. We're going to dive into the DEA and what they have told Congress. That they're the final um, authority as to the rescheduling. That's our lead story. We'll dive into it. We'll explain it in context based on the law. Blumenhauer uh, had a cannabis memo that he published. There's some um, other news about FDA. Uh, other news about uh, Missouri, Tennessee, Florida, study about uh, cannabis workouts, police officers, uh, an analysis regarding cannabis and psychosis. And then, of course, we have a name that strain. So let's get into trending news and bring our co-host, Miggy, on. Hey, what's happening, man? How are you? Yeah, did you hit the Instagram? Did you put the, the mute on oh, button? Oh, let me. I have the mute on button and go live. We're now live. Also on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram at CannabizIndustryLawyer. I, I put a Z on there and immediately got like a doppelganger, but we've booted him off and now I'll see if I can take the S back. I did it all to try to get around the algorithm. Which you tried. <laughs> the only you thing tried. that happens when you try to get around the algorithm is you find a troll. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh, crazy shit, but yeah, the, the Instagram thing is another new thing that we're trying to check out. I'm trying to do so. We right. got uh, the, the DEA the news. You got? Oh, that hey, you know what? Up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was just thinking, dude. You know, uh, three years ago in one day, uh, I was trying to find a video because we were live during the the January sixth bullshit, and uh, yeah, and our, yeah, I remember watching it live. Like I was just like. So I started trying to find our old video and I couldn't find it. So uh, I, I was just putting it out there because I remember going, Olympus is down, Olympus is down. And, uh, 
Yeah, Olympus is still down, and now Olympus is getting knocked off the ballot in various areas. We are not going to talk about Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, but we'll be talking about Section 811 of the Controlled Substances Act. That's nice. why you tune in to Cannabis Legalization News. Hell yeah. Yeah, I got it all queued up. DEA uh, tells Congress it has final authority on marijuana, regardless of health agency Schedule 3 recommendation. Oh, uh, yeah. This is a nothing burger. And so... Yes, they do, but also no, they don't. And so let's go, I'm gonna go ahead and present uh, my screen right now where I have the, um, the post on X, and I hate how everybody says, formerly known as Twitter. We all know it's formerly Twitter, um, right. but you can't really see it very well on that. I wonder if I can uh, in, blow it up without hanging us up. Um, is that you working? Can do it. It's making, it's only making the, the comment to the right uh, larger. Gosh. What if we like move ourselves down and resize this way? A little bit better, a little bit better. Okay. I wish I could blow this up a little bit, uh, but this is just a perfunctory email uh, from the DEA to Representative Blumenauer, who wrote them a letter. And he says, thank you for your October 27th letter regarding the scheduling of marijuana. We appreciate the opportunity to receive your concerns and questions. I wonder if that's true. On August 29th, DEA received a letter. They are confirming they received a letter from the Department of Health and Human Services providing its findings and recommendations on marijuana scheduling pursuant to President Biden's request for administrative review. As part of this process, HHS first conducts a scientific and medical eval, and then DEA conducts its own review. DEA has the final authority to schedule, reschedule, or deschedule a drug under the Controlled Substances Act. Not technically are correct. We're going to dive into that in a second. After considering the after considering the relevant statutory and regulatory criteria, HHS scientific and medical evaluation, DEA is now conducting its review. We appreciate your ongoing interest in DEA's work and welcome the opportunity to work together on these important issues. Sincerely, Acting Chief Michael Miller, who is no longer... No, he's the acting chief of the Office of Congressional Affairs, not the uh, chief of the DEA. So Ooh. you know what you do after you get a letter like that, that is uh, pretty sure. you go to the uh, preliminary note regarding treaty considerations of the Controlled Substance Act? Uh, that is one place that you can go. Now, did you see where that's from? And then the, the, the best place that you can go is the source, the Controlled Substance yes. Act itself but uh we are going to kind of back into this by first mm -hmm. going not into the uh the source uh, that is the controlled substances act that's the third place we're going to go the next place we're going to go is something that was released by um the who's who's it called it's 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 another Which one, one the, the 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 second link the second link that's right there the one that you mentioned about the diversion and the preliminary note that's a so, PA diversion from the U.S. Right. It's from the United States Department of Justice. And so we're going to go into an official report from the, the Department of Justice. And that has uh, some context. And so that it references the section that we're going to go to from the Controlled Substances Act later. And of course, if you're joining us and this is the first time, we love you, man. And so don't forget to subscribe to Cannabis Legalization so you can learn more about. That's right. That and likes. So you can learn more about the legal landscape that is cannabis, and then also uh, watch our videos. There was a cool one about THCA that I did uh, this past week. But this one says, many of the provisions of the CSA were enacted by Congress for the specific purpose of ensuring U.S. compliance with the treaty. They are referring to a treaty that came nine years prior to the Controlled Substances Act. Among those is a scheduling provision, and that's the Section 811 that we're going to go to. Section 811 D1 provides that where a drug is subject to control under the single convention, uh -huh, like marijuana, uh, the DEA administrator, by delegation from the attorney general, must issue an order controlling such drug under the schedule he deems most appropriate to carry out such treaty obligations without regard to the findings required by uh, USC 200A or B and without regard to the procedures prescribed by A and B. So, I, I just, okay. well, go ahead. I was just going to ask about the treaty because like uh, single convention, it's, it's also known as, but mm -hmm. what... Like, I mean, America's so good at keeping the treaty. So, like, why are we not even, like, why are we even bothering, like, using this as a reference all the time, right? Like, what is this treaty? Is it a UN thing? What, what is our obligation that's so tough that we can't just say, all right, we, we, we think the drug is supposed to be, you know, benign. Here it is. You know, it's not a, it's medicine and it's rope and it's a t-shirt. It's a good Friday night. 
Uh, yeah. And so that means we have to actually now go to Section 811 of the Controlled Substances Act. And so we'll go to Section right. 811 of the Controlled Substances Act, and then you'll find about the authority and criteria for classification of substances. Uh, and one of these, let me just hit a control F here. Nope, I hit a control F on the show and not the thing we're showing. Uh, treaty. There it is. All right. It's 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 provision D. So international treaties and yada, yada. If mm. control is required by United States obligations under international treaties. Uh, and then you have uh, the attorney general shall issue an order controlling such drugs under this schedule he deems most appropriate to carry out such obligations without regard to the findings by subsection A of this section, 812B of this section, without regards to the procedures prescribed by subsection A and B of this section. And so one of the things that, and we reported on this a few weeks back, I'm not sure if you guys were tuning in, if you were freaking awesome, man, welcome yeah. again. Oh, I almost hung up the feed because I hit control something. Uh, but uh, what that means is the uh, the international treaty from the controlling from 1961. And, and then still, they put out a report uh, in 2022 saying that the non-research or medical use of cannabis is still against that treaty. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you see, it's not just enough to, unless Congress is going to do its job, but it's not going to. And so that Congress can do its job and amend this. So that provision is stricken. Good luck with that. You can't even get the Safe Banking Act uh, on the floor of the Senate or right. on the floor of the House, because like sometimes they'll pass one, but not the other, depending on if the Republicans. And if you're a Republican and watching this, you need to call your representatives and tell them, back off the weed, man. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, I'm totally with you with like telling people who they can marry and like doing transgender rights and all this other crap. But uh, and, and it's supposed so to be about like, small government and, and simple taxes and low taxes, whatever. So they would need to amend that. They would need to strike uh, provision D. And if they don't strike provision D, because we are a nation of laws, they must continue to uh, enforce it. So schedule three uh, is not against the 1961 convention. So when they say that the attorney general, and now again, this is the attorney general. And so let's say DEA, like he entrusts the DEA to do it yeah. from the other one where they say Section 811 provides that where the drug is subject to control, the DEA administrator by delegation from the attorney general. So the attorney general delegates it to him like, hey, tell us if we're doing this correctly. And if they don't give them the answer they want, they can go like, you're fired. Is That's this, not is this what we think. Yeah. But is this why um, it's most likely to be rescheduled and not descheduled, right? Because, I mean, Correct. we yeah, we all say we ideally want it descheduled off, not being – give it parity with alcohol but or cigarettes. But, like, it's not going to happen because of the scheduling situation where it, it needs to be ruled out, right? Or, or having uh, – because the president – Unless Congress yeah. is going to do its job. Yeah. But if Congress isn't going to do its job – then you need it to go according to what Congress already did 54 years ago now in 1970 Jeez. with the Controlled yeah. Substance Act. And that's what it says. And so you have to play within the parameters of the law. And so if the attorney general delegates the DEA, DEA doesn't give the attorney general the, the answer that he wants. And that's what it is. It's like the attorney general gets to you know, control this. So that's Merrick Garland. So let's yeah. say the DEA goes like, no, we're going to be out of you know compliance with the international treaty. And therefore, we don't have to listen to what the HHS says. Now, interestingly enough, they do have the HHS up in here. Okay. And so the HHS. Like they're all in the situation. Right. Here's A and B, but D kind of like drives a truck through A and B. Under subsection A of the section or section 812B uh, prescribed by subsections A and B of this section. So subsection B of this section says that the attorney general, the secretary is going to be that, uh, and the recommendations of the secretary uh, shall include recommendations with respect to the appropriate schedule. The avowal and the recommendations of the scheduling uh, for the secretary shall be made in writing. The recommendations shall be binding on the attorney general as to such scientific and medicinal matters. And if the secretary recommends that the drug be controlled, the attorney general shall not control the drug or other substance. So that's the science that HHS finds is binding on the DEA. Now, okay. it gets, now they're, they're making that reference to D because of the international treaties. The mm -hmm. international treaties, and that's what we were reporting on a few uh, months ago, 
So like that's why you tune in. You also come on. Don't forget to subscribe because yeah. we give you this shit. So you're already up on top of it. So when you see these types of nothing burger headlines, you're like, yeah, dude, I was watching cannabis legalization news a few weeks ago. They already explained that. Um, doing this with you for so many years. I mean, I learned a lot because you plus you're the guy that reads the goddamn hotel uh, before you sign the uh, you're, you're the you know, the the waivers when you, when you get a hotel room and has got two pages of bullshit. Like nobody reads that shit. This is why you need a lawyer for it right here. This guy right here. You need he a lawyer in, in cannabis. You need a lawyer in cannabis for a lot. I mean, it's it's highly regulated. It's not THCA hemp, and if it is, it won't be for very long. But this is what it is. So, if the attorney general is, if control is required by the United States obligations under international treaties, the attorney general shall issue an order controlling such drug under the schedule he deems most appropriate to carry out such obligations without regard to the findings required by subsections A. Uh, of section 812 of this title and without regard to the procedures prescribed by subsections A and B. Now, uh, the attorney general has delegated to the DEA that role. If the DEA gives back the attorney general something, he's like, wait, hang on a second there, bro. Uh, he, you know, so that's where somebody might get fired. But also the, the, the international uh, treaty said the non-medical and the non-research use of the substance is still contraband under the 1961 convention that we are subject to that that predates the controlled substances act by nine years and so it is now 63 years old so that international treaty from 63 years ago uh is still you know engrafted into our controlled substances act right here on provision d sure. and but then like it, it makes that's one of the reasons why i think he recommended to go to schedule three because then it is medical use. So if you deschedule it, then the DEA can say no. Because well, we would be out of compliance with federal law. We would be out of compliance with international law. And then therefore out of compliance with their own federal law. So we would be breaking our own federal law, which is beyond the um, uh, the authority of the attorney general. The attorney general in the you know, article two. So like, you know, the executive is to carry out the laws. And then right. you know, a little bit of discretion as to like how they're going to prosecute. But they still have to carry out the laws and the way that schedule three can work is that it could be a medicinal use so hopefully the way that the the rule making turns out our dispensary in illinois if that ever freaking happens compared to, you know it just takes forever it's not missouri missouri's like boom but like illinois is like just a minute and then um so if that happens missouri is also like ahead of this as well it, they're all hybrid uh, dispensaries over there. They're all medical and adult use. Yeah. We would just be adult use, which would still be out of compliance with federal law. So if they could make them hybrid medical and adult use, but then also the FDA needs to come in and give us uh, an OTC or an over-the-counter, like an approval for using cannabis that is defined under this new rule. Uh, and sure. so like medical cannabis might be a new term of art. I hope it is. I don't know who's writing uh, the rule for schedule three cannabis. If you're writing it, it and you're tuning in, contact us all over these things, you know, just, just yeah. Get in touch. yeah. But I mean, like, like you said, term of art though, that's uh, uh, just thinking. I always joke that prop 215, uh, you know, medical marijuana was a gateway to recreational legalization, not because of, uh, the actual rules because that i mean it still seems like term of art might be a way for the nation to have uh what i've been experiencing for the past you know 10 years not even uh if not more because i had the medical side of things but like i mean it's it's a much ado about nothing when it comes to like it's not when we say it's legal it's bullshit because i i can enjoy it i'm in a place where i can just go to a store get it when i want and then uh uh, uh I don't have to worry about the next time I have to like get some or quality or quantity. Uh, it's just going to the store. I go into a donut shop, you know, and everybody should have that, you know, and, and as soon as I cross state lines, it becomes a different world, which is, which is dumb. Right. So the medical guys, which I hate to say, but I'll go for it. No, I was going to say we have something else dumb, but like, you know, focus on that next dumb point you want to make. And then we'll get into a memo uh, by a congressman. I was just saying that the medical side, like the, the term of art is also the way for legalization is going to be, right? Rescheduling, like you said, you know, they're very, people are mad about the uh, descheduling. They're like unscheduling. They want it off completely, but that'd be nice. But for this thing to happen faster and sooner, the, the medical, and I hate to say guys, because, you know, we all know it's just a thing though, but it is a medicine. It is a t-shirt. It's, 
you know, hemp and marijuana, the fact that we divide it by the 0.3% is just ridiculous. It's a, what other thing do we divide, right? Quality of oranges? You know, what thing out there, you know, do we say it's not an orange because it doesn't have enough uh, vitamin C, you know? So too much vitamin C. It is officially a schedule three drug. But speaking of other stupid things that have come out of Congress, and this happens to the best of us. It absolutely does. Check this out. This is uh, dated, and I am going to try to blow this up and try to zoom in a little bit. Where's the zoom? Okay, there it is. It's actually here. Sometimes, if I'm not careful, I will hang up the feed, and there's 420 people tuning in, who is totally awesome, yeah. by the way. So if you're tuning in, and if you're if you're from the industry, like, fucking good on you. Like, leave it in the comments. We should have somebody who's going through the comments and, like, helping us out with that. But this says, and let me zoom in a little bit more so I can see this more. January well, we'll take a January 3, 2023, right there. But uh, that's not when it was written. You know how like when a new year turns around and like you date the check or like you you, you still are using the 2023? You know, no, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because like if you scroll down to the end after he goes, because he's retiring, you scroll down to the end, he's like, despite dysfunction in Congress, we could, we could accomplish significant cannabis reform in 2024. It is yeah. a common sense issue that could bring people together rather than divide them. And so this is just, a, and this this recently came out from Representative Blumenhauer, which we all owe a big debt of gratitude yeah. for. And so, you know, one of those things, let's let's give it up to Blumenhauer and uh, Oregon. And if you're, if you're watching, it's 420 somewhere. Uh, it's 420 somewhere on the East Coast. It's, uh, what, is, what time is it over there in Seattle, Miggy? 120. Hey, still counts. Still 420 somewhere. So. Yeah. And so that is um, a rousing 50th year of cannabis reform. He is retiring, Senator Blumenhauer from Oregon. Um, it's too bad that members in his office didn't catch that they i mean it happens to me it happens to the best of us What's the that? new year rolls the new year oh, rolls around shit. and you still yeah. use the last year's you know it's so i just got yeah no you get it yeah yeah i mean it, it, that that's the smallest thing of that whole letter right like like yeah. it has a good point and hopefully we can do good things this year but i again i don't think federally anything unless it congress gets off his ass like somehow some some adults like they actually organize i think you know Right now, they're all focused on the big baby. So once they get done with that, they'll they'll be able to. And I'm talking about the R side of things. You know, as a nonpartisan person, you know, I just see a lot of messiness right now. Like as somebody who who's been trying to gamify things and trying to figure out how to get this thing illegal, how to like not go to jail. You know, we're fortunate enough to dip in our toes in this little business. But when it was like illegal, when I used to do it, you know, I I didn't. It takes a lot, right? I always give props to people who are who've been hustling who've taken that chance right people have given up their lives just for us to be in a spot like come on illinois can i get some of that social equity now well it's <laughs> it's not just that um you know it, there's there's so much and uh they don't they and so they like have a new bill about you know just hemp and like trying to control hemp but they say nothing about thca and and they just think it could just take a regulatory speed but they don't understand that this industry moves. It moves extremely slow, like it's stuck in the mud and it moves at lightning speed because half of yeah. the industry has no constraint. And the other half of the industry has double taxation and all the constraints. And those that other half of the industry is the one that's not exploiting. Like, I mean, they will have a new farm bill. They will have hearings about, like they had hearings in 2014. They had hearings in 2018. They, the, the representations were made to Congress that this does not get you high. They're going to have more hearings. I've been loving your 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 TAC. Uh, 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 what do you call it when uh, you preach about the gospel, right? Like so, like you've been talking about how TAC is, you know, like the, the barrier between the the what comes the legal side of things. But I think in the end, you're going to have the the recreational stuff and then the hemp stuff, and, and then it all needs to make a baby together. 
that's going to be uh, the, the regulation you get. You know? That might be the regulation we get. And so like there might be a new term of art created under federal law, hopefully for the first time ever. The, mm. the term marijuana is no longer a federal term of art. That would be beautiful if the term marijuana is replaced by medicinal cannabis. And so oh, there's yeah. medicinal cannabis and then there's hemp. Uh, at, you know, and so the USDA and the farm bill is a wonderful place to like create agricultural commodity rules, but right. not like after the thing's picked, it's then you're going to start processing it and turning it into something else. That's FDA. And the FDA is woefully understaffed and does not know how to create those regs. So I don't know if the DEA and the Department of Justice is going to sit, sit in there and like try to like, you know, create them for us. But that's what I mean, it's this is Peoria, Illinois. I don't live in fucking Washington, D.C. If I did, maybe I'd know who was writing these things and I could start, yeah. you know, influencing and lobbying them. But yeah, but, but the end game is to do that interstate commerce, right? Like like how hemp when people took a, a chance and how many uh, how many people were messed with with like transporting between Idaho, you know, Ohio, which is like you feel like you're going back to 1930, you know, like no women's rights, no legal weed, any kind. You know, because, uh, well, you know, like we're going to talk later about Kentucky. People are cracking. Hey, fucking Texas. Well, you, each of these individual little government entities think like they know better than nature. Right. Or, or like giving just the adults a chance to like experience wellness. Because this is going to be this is a wellness issue. You know, the prohibition is one of the worst things out there. But yeah, we're, we got oh, next. It is. like nobody needs to be arrested for cannabis. I don't care if you call it THCA hemp. I don't care if you call it medicinal cannabis. Nobody needs to be arrested for it. But this is interesting. And so like we are also streaming on Instagram where you can follow me at at cannabis industry lawyer. I made the Z. Uh, uh, I made the S a Z. I'm going to see if I can make it back or whatever. And the comments from Instagram don't match up to the comments on here. So the uh, little thing that they're using isn't quite perfect, yeah, yeah. but we have some new stuff. Why fears about Biden's marijuana moves are overblown. Former top FDA official Howard Sklamberg doesn't see how loosening federal restrictions will lead to a crackdown on state legal markets. Makes sense. They haven't cracked down on state legal markets since they defunded it. And yeah, I don't think I'll go ahead. Well, there, there have been um, raids, but there hasn't been like publicized raids in, in many years. No, no. And, and, and then you're looking, you're talking about like interrupting a, a, a functioning market, right? Like, like, why would the federal government decide to do that? They might tax it more, figure out that kind of way. Like, here's a new rule you got to abide by. So, right. but well, I really, yeah. I, I hope that they keep pharma out of it by saying, remember that, that. Uh, you know, we had a monopoly on this. We got a patent on cannabinoids back in the late 90s. It's off patent. You can now buy, uh, and then they would make it the term of art, medical cannabis mm. under federal law. And medical cannabis would be defined as, and so like, if you look how cannabis is defined in states that have legalized it, then in the rules, they say you have to test for these things. So that's why when you go to a dispensary, you can buy safe weed within reason. It depends on how well the regulators are actually doing their job in their state. And, you know, sometimes there are recalls, but if the, the product has been tested and it is pure, then you have as much certainty as you can that you've gotten a, a high quality medicinal product. So if they created a definitional like that for cannabis, that might really help us, you know, create legal markets which don't exist even if it is schedule three the legal market still wouldn't exist we have to figure out a way to push that through the fda approval as well and if we could do that by saying that it's generic because it's been off patent now for years I mean, we were doing a show like two three years ago now when it went off patent we we're like what's 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 the status of that 663507 yeah yeah and it's been a long time since i've heard about like raids the way they used to go to like you're saying and, and, and there's still so much more needed you know, people are venturing off into this Delta eight area or the CBD areas, you know, like I was just thinking how you, this merges into like one, like whatever market medical marijuana, they call it. But if the, don't ignore them, Dom. If I, the, I, I, uh, I'm ignoring all the comments. I'm sorry. I just lock on. With Nikki. <laughs> but, the, but the hemp rules, yeah. dude, with the, uh, with the, the recreational marijuana, that's going to be a thing that happens because that 0.3% barrier. Now, now if somebody grows a crop, Right. And they happen to like just like, for intentions be like, this is going to be hemp. And then they uh, they test it. And later on, it's above the the THC level threshold, but it's fire weed. 
right? Like it's just a good consumption for human that's, consumption. That's, that's of- something, that is a misconception though that you hear a lot because they say uh, THC and hemp is not is it exempt. And so they figure that if they test their product in compliance with the USDA regulations and then they harvest and if it's like it's banging flour, you know, it's like 20% THCA, 0.1% Delta 9, uh, yeah. something like that. They think that if it starts denaturing and so it gets, let's say it gets to 2% Delta 9 and, and 18% THCA, it's still hemp. No, because there, that then creates an, a, you know, a contradiction under the federal law because the federal law yeah. defines hemp as the 0.3. Like, that's it. And so, yeah, the rules have said a THC and hemp does not count, but they've defined hemp as the So that's the 0.0 through 0.3, not 0.0 to 0.3 up to 24. You know, It seems like we're having a problem just trying to define every stage of a plant. That's all they're trying to do. Right, like like you're saying, like with your TCA uh, thought on things, it's like that's just one stage of the plant. And then I happen to light it on fire, and this is the next stage of the plant, or or decarboxylate it and to make butter, uh, or or any other ointment stuff that you want to do at home. You know, a wellness yeah. issue. Harpua though is uh, he's he's coming from North Carolina, and now he's on THCA mm. uh, in North Side of Chicago. But Harpua, it was one hell of a fish concert to ring in the new year. They did the. Uh, have, you, have you ever heard of the Helping Friendly book, Miggy? It is most it, it has to do with game hench. It's this 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 thing that you know uh, people who listen to fish would be like. You know. Well, the last into- last time I I saw fish, I told you they did the vacuum cleaner thing. Like that was the yeah. last time, dude. That's like that. Well, they break that out every now and then, but it's it's so oh. ninety. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Just aging myself. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. You know what we need to do? We need more sponsors to start the show and to like, you know, put bumpers in. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to schedule three. Because like right now we can just, we can chill for some, oh yeah, poster nutbag. That's right. You know, Jimmy had a very, very nice um, uh, entry into 2024. Hey, get some cruise chews. That's that's one thing. Some people have said that this is a scam thing. And I I don't think so because they have, um, they have given us, a, a code for um well i've seen in the comments people like them people have ordered them three so. it works and so like you know they they sent us jars of this stuff and they gave us a, a this little uh, affiliate code and so mm-hmm. that this i think would still be legal uh after it's moved to schedule three because of the way the definition of hemp is and so like you but the, the edible market is just on fire right now uh in in um the, the United States. So like you can yeah. shop well, for edibles, but then like, the edibles, how much is a pack of edibles in Washington? Cause like you go to Michigan, you can get five, 10 bucks, you know, in Illinois, it's like 20 online. Oh, same thing. It's like 20 and they'll ship them to you. I imagine it's not that uh, I, I don't eat edibles, man. I just smoke a lot, but I could also buy an ounce for like 80 bucks and turn it into butter. You know, so I, mean, I, bet, like the- I bet then, but then I bet like your edibles are probably like five bucks. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, you can yeah. buy an ounce for so cheap. That's the thing. But Washington is a limited market state, but they have enough licenses to have competitive markets. And so you need enough yeah. licenses to have competitive markets. But then depending on how much regulation that license has to put up with, you might need to limit it so that you can control the supply, but still make sure that there's enough supply to put the guy out of business. Well, the biggest issue uh, is the 10 milligram cap. We've had this for since the beginning. We haven't had any new policy per se. They've been doing the, the, the equity bullshit motions, which I don't qualify for. Uh, somebody's asking, uh, here, let me post this one. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, go ahead. I, I, didn't, I was you trying did. to unclick it. Uh, my son in social equity, does he have a delivery? So you don't, depending on what uh, well, place, right? When people say this, I, I always go like, can I review his eligibility criteria? Because like social equity means so many different things. Like you were not social, Miggy was not social equity in his own state of Washington. He was social equity in the state of Illinois. He was also social equity in the state of Missouri. We have a story about Missouri coming up here about how social equity is a nationwide thing. It's actually our next story. So let's just dive into that right now. Check this out. Yeah. And so according to Missouri, nearly half of social equity marijuana licenses were from out of state, which is that means that they aren't going to be sued pursuant to the Dormant Commerce Clause. But Ooh, it also means that, yeah, but this is a limited market state where licenses that matter because they're going to have cash flows and they have 
a vibrant home grow market. So Michigan and Missouri show you that home grow does not limit the market. And so Michigan's got more of an unlimited style, but then it's limited at the local level because that's just how the dual licensing states are, uh, you know, California, New Jersey. However, in Missouri, where the state issues the license and they're, they're limited to their number, you know, they have a lot of them. And then the prices is, but it's, it's a limited a lot. And so like both are fairly limited states, except for Oklahoma. Hey, right. you know, if the, if you're not going to get the ticket from the municipality, you can't get in. It doesn't matter how many licenses are issued by the state. So New Jersey is a good example of that. Look, I'm doing thumbs up. Uh, it is. So one of the, one of the examples in New Jersey is a, there's like a thousand plus, uh, uh, you know, conditional licenses issued by the state. But there's only like 90 actual licenses in operation because the throttle is the municipality and whether or not they'll let you in. This 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 article, you know, this is like a much to do again. It's like like, like a fear mongering thing. Like, oh, all the all the weed money's coming from out of state. But I think this is also something that people need to recognize is like, well, first off, they already had medical at this state. And if the participants in a medical market didn't step up by now, and like apply and do all the processy stuff you're guessing well because here at washington state a lot of people just sat on it they're like oh they they had expectations and did things but once you enable the power of law enforcement because that's what you're doing with all this and 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 you gotta be a, the ball player you gotta figure you know like especially your brick and mortar right it's not like you're a pop-up and you're like all right we're gonna you know this is the whole point is just having a place that someone to walk in and walk out right you're, you're now Come on, well, you are a quick stop. And so like, it's mm -hmm. going to be, I can't wait till we actually have a shot, stop, you know, a store because the mm -hmm. videos that I'll be able to do will be much more insightful. But, um, so that this is the figures, this is how many came from Missouri. And then to avoid a lawsuit, to shut down their program and elongate the process of these licenses being issued by years, they allowed social equity to be defined on a national basis. So did Illinois. Mm -hmm. There also has not been a lawsuit to shut that one down. Missouri has already issued theirs, and they're going to have another round here in uh, a few months. And so we we won one. We also did not make this murderer's row, thank goodness. Uh, they, they even broke out L.A. as opposed to California. Wait, unless like L.A. means Louisiana. Maybe, but I don't understand why there's so many from Louisiana. So most came from California, Michigan, Arizona, or other uh, and, and so like there was about 1500, 1600 applications in total, two thirds, 60 some percent of them came from Missouri. And then Thank to avoid a lawsuit that would shut that down because of the dormant commerce clause, they allowed in everybody who's eligible under social equity in Missouri, um, tell a family secret, one in three Americans are eligible as social equity in Missouri. Mm. $2,500 though, that was the limit at the time, right? $1,500 refundable unless you win. See, and that's actually fair, right? To, yep. to, for, an, for an entry fee, I hate to say it, but if you're going to do business, whether it be a liquor store or a restaurant, there's always a play-to-play -play fucking scheme. <clears throat> and, and then it comes down to the actual business, the actual what you're doing and, and knowing. And that's why I'm excited to when we do have our store, again, more insightful. I can't tell you how to run a fucking store because I don't know. I can tell you how to go shopping. And, and, and price compare, but I can't tell you like what running the day to day end of a business is, right? Because I hope I'm just looking forward to it. So, yeah. Well, first they have to issue those licenses, but mm -hmm. tell you what, they're also going to be issuing in Tennessee more licenses, but they don't have adult use or even medical really in Tennessee. So they're going to be issuing uh, rules. And, and so this is rules in Tennessee that were put out here. Uh, probably December 12th you know, to December 14th of 23. And uh, they have put forth rules regarding sampling, testing. And these are some good rules in the sense that they even break out. You can't test for this stuff. You're not allowed to use these pesticides, these solvents. You know, you have to have heavy metal levels uh, that are limited and then no solvents. You have to test for these pathogens. You have to test for these heavy metals. And they've created a product called HDC. HDC is defined as HDC 112. One, two, three. 
Here it is. HTC product means a product that contains or is labeled contained hemp-derived cannabinoid and is produced, marketed, or otherwise intended to be consumed orally, ingested, inhaled, or absorbed through the skin. So, is THCA flower a uh, HCD under this Tennessee rule? It contains hemp-derived cannabinoids, THCA, and it is made to be inhaled. Well, so, in this, go ahead. Well, the, the way that they have this, they define the HDC to have the same uh, threshold. And they also said no, you know, no vitamin C acetate and all that. Mm. But the uh, HDC threshold to be total THC for total delta 9 THC. So delta okay. 9 THCA, delta 9 THC, you have to add those together. So that would ban uh, hemp flower in Tennessee. Damn. Well, they're also uh, uh, regulating the CBD portion of it. Like, I wonder if that means uh, like products that you can buy at 7-Eleven here in, in Washington. And then again, 7-Eleven, not, not our regulated hemp market, but CBD infused drinks are everywhere. You know, uh, is that illegal in Tennessee? Is that going to be, you know, nope. another? No. What's this 20? They need to be tested. And so like, again, this is probably a 12 ounce uh, coffee cup. And, and so you could have, that's 355 milliliters, one milliliter, one gram, one divided by 355, I believe is, you know, 99.7. I'm going to pull that up right now and do a little, share the calculator. Why not? I bet mm. I can. I wonder if I can share my calculator. We're going to find that out together, everybody. Let's see. So so right now, this is just a, they're, they're doing a, a question period, right? For people to submit. Uh, the public uh, comment uh, period. Public comment period. Yeah. When does it end, do you know? I do not know when it ends. I want to do a little bit of math. Mickey and I with the calculator once again. Remember, there are 355 milliliters in a 12 ounce soda. And so one, one, oh, I can't do that. I, uh, I actually need to use the numbers. Uh, okay, and so one divided to buy three hundred fifty-five. Do you say divided to buy? I think that's too many syllables. Divided by right, divided <laughs> by. And so right, and then uh, let's subtract one from that. I, sometimes I like to say things just because I think they sound funnier. And no, I feel it. that by one hundred. There you go, ninety-nine point seven, and so. 0.71. And so if you subtract that from 100, let's see here, minus, actually plus 100. 0.28. Great. And so like, I think that would be okay. You cannot put more than a gram of Delta 9 THC hemp derived, which you have passed through all the tests to be an HDC product under um, uh, you know Tennessee law. Uh, that would qualify you as uh, a hemp derived product. Now, I don't, I don't recommend that. I, they probably then have like a threshold of 50 milligrams as opposed to 1000 milligrams, you know? I wonder if people are being harassed in Tennessee for cannabis, right? Like, I mean, there's some places that people, no, the cops, like, you know it, what I mean? It's been, it's been one of the hotter THCA states where people are moving in and building hemp shops. Like mm -hmm. imagine we didn't have to spend the 200 and it's not 200. Oh, imagine yeah. we didn't have to spend the half a million plus on security for our, our dispo. Uh, it, it becomes much cheaper, especially if you're going to lease it be, and, be, and you're going to lease because then it's even cheaper and you get like a tenant improvement allowance and then it's all federally legal. So you also get a bank account and credit cards. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, good times. Imagine if you didn't have to sell your soul just to get in this business. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I am pretty sure you do have to sell your soul, though. It's the only way that you can get the operational certificate from the regulators. They go, no, no, no. We need your soul. Otherwise, if you follow the rules, you get it back. Oh, good. I'll, I'll follow the rules. Very much. Or testicle. Oh, yeah. That's also known as your firstborn. <laughs> hey, we man. Gotta, uh, we have the worst story out of Florida. Yeah. So bad that I think we could probably use this as maybe the first shit I wasn't expecting. But let's let's swap going forward. I because like it's about like 43 past, and we still have shit that I wasn't expecting. So I think we should swap like name that strain, I think will become number three, and shit I wasn't expecting will become number four. So we can kind of put name that strain, you know, a little bit earlier. Let's play some name that strain and then do shit I wasn't expecting. 
Okie doke. You lead, I follow. You got it. Boom. Ooh. There it is. Still green. Our first name that strain of the year and the month, by the way. Ooh. Of the year and the month. So uh, tune in. It's Name That Strain. One of your favorite things on cannabis legalization news. This one is by Green Dream, and it's a modern homage to fictional environmental activists and sung of King Flippy Nips and the terrestrial TV sensation Rick and Morty. Its parents what? are a cross of GSC, formerly known as Girl Scout Cookies, and Stardog. So that is the first Name That Strain of 2024. It reminds me of something uh, uh, Jay would say from Jay and Silent Bob. It also does kind of sound like something Jay from Jay and Silent Bob would say. I'm a completely but, vertical owner in Oklahoma. Good on you, dude. But it is the activist and son of King Flippy Nips in the TV sensation Rick and Morty. Somebody can Google that. Uh, it is not Cub Scout, but shout out to High at Noon, High at Nine News. Uh, next time I'm in SoCal, I'm going to have to stop in. I have not what? been to SoCal before. I told Jason we need to have him on because I want to do like this whole political debate because he's a hardcore Republican. Like, okay, you know, it's like Jason, a, it's a, it's like on, a religion. On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a religious well, This debate, one's right? pretty darn cool. Like, well, so close. close. So close. Snaggy Harpoo, Snoochie Bitches. Uh, Snoochie <laughs> Booches. But Snoochie Booches is not quite, it sounds like Snoochie Booches, but it is the son of Kling, uh, King Flippy Nips from rick and morty cross between girl scout cookies and stardog yeah, that'd be, that's a long one okay let's just uh let's let's save people from themselves this is clearly a, a real um a hit that's just gonna start coming because now we'll, we'll we'll try to get some more exposure for it is actually called scroopy noopers Scroopy Noopers. Yeah, that's right. Scroopy Noopers on Leafly. It's a green dream by modern homage to fictional environmental activist and son of King Flippy Nips and the TV sensation Rick and Morty, created by crossing Girl Scout Cookie and Stardog. Pleasant and a rich smell of coffee and cacao. Ooh, nice. Scroopy Noopers. And Terp Profiles that has street, sweet aromas, sharp, acrid undertone, and unique dimensions come from that uh, mix up. Very relaxing, make it well suited for consumers seeking to combat muscle spasms, pain, and general restlessness. Welcome to 2024, everybody. Yeah. What's that? 2024. 2024. Yeah, one of the sure. cute gifts that I got this this Christmas is a pickle Rick. I, I wish that I had it. Ah. You just you squeeze it like a pickle Rick. And I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. My kids hate Rick and Morty now. I don't know. You know, I'm just like, your kids hate funny. Rick and Morty. I can't. I can't yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah, my little one does. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, sir. THC yeah. percent of I don't know. Sounds like dog poop. It might be that. That I don't think the dog poop strain. Like if somebody was pitching that at a board meeting, and like we're going to call it dog poop. Well, it's some good shit to work on that name. There's a lot of shit. I don't know how it gets passed on. Well, mostly you name it after candy and then you rap about it. That, that, that's a good good angle. You create your own little culture. I mean, right. we're all hey, little uh, vitamins. You know what we need? We need some shit I wasn't expecting. Oh, there it is. Still that one? That one, yeah. Did you know that workouts are more fun on weed? But it's not a performance-enhancing drug. It just makes you like it more. It's more of a no shit Sherlock. That is out of CU Boulder today, so you can trust it. Nothing out of Boulder would be, you know, biased toward the cannabis industry. Uh, Schwarzenegger used to smoke before powerlifting, you know, and then I did not know that. He smoked in uh, that documentary, uh, Mr. America, or whatever his damn thing was, but. Uh, yeah, I, I like smoking before working out, dude. Lifting weights. I did it all the time in college. I would just I would smoke some weed and then I would go swim some laps. Don't you smoke in yoga? I would smoke some weed and then I would go practice yoga. Yeah, same difference. I mean, well, yoga is a workout. Uh, yes, it it can be a very good workout, especially if it's heated and fairly intensive of a practice. You can really uh, 
burn some calories doing it. But if you're doing it on weed, remember the University of Colorado Boulder is reporting that it is a not a performance enhancing drug. <clears throat> so you won't yoga better or swim better or run better. You just might like it more. Well, what about the eating contest? Would that be perhaps a... Oh, yeah. Joey Chestnut is getting blazed every July 4th before he eats like more hot dogs than anybody should be able to eat and walk away and make a, yeah. make a living off of it. America is such a great country that somebody makes a living from force feeding themselves hot dogs once a year. Oh, my God. My stomach just went, dude. Yeah. The, you know when the hey. last time I ate a hot dog was? Uh -huh. I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. We were vegetarian. I mean, like, you it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I had a hot dog. Yeah. That's right on, dude. Uh, we got here. a couple more news. International oh, news. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, four. Well, four we, we swapped three and four. And so, like, right. skip four, go back to three. And so we're on uh, uh, number two. Police officer killed while responding to burglary at cannabis business. Yeah. That's a headline I never thought I'd see. You know, uh, ah. law that's enforcement the, action. Protecting and serving. Protecting and serving and killed because like yeah. the security compliant requirements would decrease if there was a uniform set of rules so that there's not these pockets of market arbitrage opportunities because it's illegal in this area and legal over here. So it's worth more over there than it is over here. So you get people like moving the product around, not having licenses and trying to get cash out of it or selling Delta 8. Um, but you know, okay. it's one of these, but they, they, they were responding. So that's good, but it's Oakland. I mean, and so California still has way too many robberies when it comes to dispensaries. How, how come though, you know, we don't, we don't care about all the like jewelry heist. You know what I mean? There like, aren't as many. I don't think there's as many jewelry. And this is something, if you were a statistician tuning in because you like weed and the cannabis laws. Thanks so much. Uh, don't forget to go follow us and, and give Miggy an email and we will commission a study. And that yes, study will. will look at uh, what's more, jewelry heists or cannabis dispensary robberies. I got to think cannabis dispensary robberies are beating jewelry, jewelry heists. Leave it in the comments if you agree. I mean, I haven't heard of any. I think I would hear some like jewelry heist shit going on though. Wouldn't that make the news? I you would know? hope so. Like any news, like but a jewelry heist—that's a splashy headline. I haven't seen a jewelry heist headline. I, I can't remember. Ocean's that. Eleven. I'm just saying, baby, yeah. bring back good old crimes. If you're gonna do crime, do it right. But that's low hanging fruit, and uh, like the California dis like regulations for security are completely different than ours. Like I don't think they require wire meshes and and the type of surveillance that is just like beamed into um, uh, the, the state police. Like Illinois security for a dispensary is like better than banks. You know, it's ridiculous. So if somebody's yeah. robbing it, that's like we know who's robbing it. But most most theft then at uh, highly regulated states is internal. Yeah, but you know each state's different too, though with the rules. Like even here in Washington, I don't think the security requirements are as high. It's just it's something people who own a business take in consideration. Like if it's something they want to protect or protect their uh, employees, like having a buzz in lock. Not everybody has that that buzz in lock. So uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but it's 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 cool to see that you know priorities are being done and law enforcement's helping out when you know. Fortunately, this young man uh, lost his life, you know, and, and that's the thing. You're, you're law enforcement, you know, uh, RIP, he died a hero, right? It's not like we're going to, you know, bash this guy. This guy actually was doing his job, like, but then yeah. he's also a victim. Even yeah. law enforcement is now a victim. Mm -hmm. they, aren't, they aren't, they aren't making things worse. Yeah. They're just they, the, the same shit hurts them. Because yeah. of the, uh, the the banking issue, where it's just mm. like it's better than cash. It's weed. It's better than cash, especially if you get it outside of California, where you could sell it at a premium. And um, that, like that, the, the lack of a, a federal market. So hopefully, yeah. Schedule Three and you know, a pathway to be. Imagine if the growers in California, Illinois, Michigan, Oklahoma. All the Oregon, like Washington, all the places that have amazing grow talent, and I'm, I'm leaving out like you know uh, Maine and also Massachusetts. Uh, anywhere else, I don't respect you. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, all of those. Imagine that there is a way that those state license holders that grow fucking fire were able to register with the federal government and that allowed them to sell a new defined term of art called medical cannabis. And that was specific. And it was like, Whoa. this is what it is. And that, that opens the door. And then we could stock it in our shelves. Medical cannabis and terroir. Pardon? Medical cannabis will be terroir. Where like, because I heard Kentucky has some good weed, but I just don't think it leaves Kentucky because it's making it to the locals, right? Like the import from Mexico is only because the demand was here that people were buying it. And, and, and if you're going to buy it from someone willing to like smuggle it, then you're willing to buy it like in back alleys. Now you can just go to the store. There's no uh shadiness you know there's no shame you know there's a tabooness the type thing it shouldn't be you know it's it's dumb again your state's living in 1930. sorry yeah. you know we, we got flying cars i don't know about you guys <laughs> yeah uh well there's one more story of shit that i wasn't expecting and and this one is a um often used canard and canard is just a fancy harvard word for a lie uh, mm -hmm. about uh, you know legalization causing I, it was brain damage when i was a child and then they tried to scare you more and it's like now cannabis will cause psychosis and so uh, there has been and this is out of normal you know published by them on january 4th of this year out of uh, republishing some study from canada and analysis legalization not associated with spikes and in incidents of marijuana related psychosis so this is out of canada which has five years now of data um, since they federally legalized the substance. They did not find any evidence in the health services. And remember, Canada gives people health care. So you mm -hmm. don't have like in America, it'd be like, well, I think he's crazy. Yeah, but he's also poor, so he doesn't have health care. And so uh, in Canada, they don't have that. They just have health care. And, and so th and that's, that's why, you know, the Department of Health and saying they did not find an increase in health service or use or incident cases of psychiatric or, uh, psychotic disorders over the short-term period following cannabis legalization. However, a longer post-legalization observation period is needed to fully understand the population of impacts on non-medical cannabis legalization. This is what uh, uh, scientists always do at the end of a paper. The, the way the paper of every scientific study you ever read ends is more research is needed. Well, you know, that's the job security they're trying to do, man. That That's uh, uh, goddamn. You remember Baitgate? You remember the how fast they got on board to like finding this bad thing that was happening? If all the legal states, how many recreational legal states do we have now? Uh, we have 24, I believe, since uh, the one that just legalized it, Ohio. And then next year, uh, Florida appears to be 25. There could be some others that sneak in legislatively, but I highly doubt it as it's an election year. So typically, Illinois is a good example. Minnesota is another good example. Uh, Illinois legalized it legislatively in 2019. Minnesota legalized it legislatively in 2023. And then they mm. go back to the polls the next year. In all those states, there's no like mass reports of psychosis events happening. Like, like, like the data is already out there. Like, like the, the experience and, of the, the real yeah. people from uh, California were already nuts. So like, <laughs> It, there wasn't even a bump in California. It was just a baseline. Not, yeah. not even a blip. Not even, yeah. not even a scooch. Not nope. even. But yeah, no. And again, it's just uh, like a, it's always been a fear monger. You remember stories about how it would cause impotence in men? If that don't scare you, I don't know who. Right. If that doesn't strike you as an attempt to manipulate you through the headline, you 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 just need to be like a little bit more um circumspect and and to unpack that verb sus you just need to be a little yeah. more sus about people that are out there but there's real world interpretations out there like again why aren't there more jewelry store fucking heist right because that is so well regulated or whatever taken care of the answers are out there the, well, the, there's you no know, cash so like there's jewels no yeah. cash and then they i 
you know, maybe to have, like, have a jewelry store, you might need a certain license and that license might come with a particular security plan that needs to be approved by the, the regulator. That's how it is in our state. Like we need mm -hmm. to have a security plan that is going to be approved by a regulator. And it's like, okay, you can, you can do this business because it is something where you have these cameras you have this backup feed, you have these pol and then they'll ask you like, where are your security policies and procedures? So like the first time we did these license applications in Illinois, that application for the security plan was like 60 pages. So it's like, here mm -hmm. you go. This is all the stuff we're going to do to make sure that nothing goes missing, Mr. Uh, regular man. Uh, and yeah. it worked, but we yeah. haven't had to do that yet. And, you know, and then one of the things there's like the, the part of regulation that's like the shit that's success. Like C to cell tracking is okay. The state doesn't even be involved with it though. <clears throat> that's only for the fucking uh, growers, you know, suppliers and shit. So they know, they know where their product is. You know, the state doesn't need, yeah. You need, it's so, called the chain of custody. So like you need go. that, you need that. So that, because sometimes people will, and it's diversion and it's, and it's also slipping product out the back or just like reusing COAs, those types of things. So that what you are selling might not necessarily be the product that it is. And, mm. and, and that's what I really hope schedule three gives us is a federal standard for what ca medical cannabis is a federal standard for how to sell it, a federal standard for how to grow it, a federal standard for how to extract it. And then yeah. stamp, and then take your fucking taxes, but give us like some type of pass where, I mean, like you're going to get away from schedule, uh, from, from the double tax. Cool. But how do we then make it legal? Cause it's still illegal because it's not a FDA approved drug. So create the system that you want to drop out, but you can't because of federal international law and treaties. So the DEA won't allow it and right. then change the controlled substance act, amend it, cross out that stupid treaty law be like, Oh, sorry. We don't have to comply with our own laws anymore about this federal law. I'm uh, sorry, it's this international law from 60 some years ago. Right. And then it becomes uh, the recreational side, no longer medical. No, uh, you, you would hold them to the same standard. And so mm -hmm. despite us holding an adult use license, we would be medical medicinal grade. And so like we would try to like then have the same type of procedures and protocols. And then, then the, if, if the medicinal standard has like a huge catch all, like everybody's just pain or PTSD. Or like, what? Fucking Monday. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, again, all use is medicinal use. You know, I mean, and you know who recognized that? Fucking Ghana. Ghana? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do we got an international law to report? Yeah. So, Ghana legalized medical cannabis for medicinal and industrial purposes, i.e. hemp. Seriously? You got that one? Yeah, no, that you had it up right there. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, out of the uh, Ganjapreneur is reporting. Ganjapreneur. Uh, but industrial purpose, though. I mean, that's a fucking hemp, right? That's you hemp. say industrial, is it's rope. But again, again it, it, it depends. Like, we have set the gold standard for international loopholes regarding what 0.3% THC means. That's basically everything, bro. Basically well, everything. And again, these rules, wouldn't this be the equivalent of descheduling it? Like for us, the United States, to, to... We, we have the hemp bill. And so like, is hemp legalization is, is what we have with the 2018 farm bill is in the THCA flower. Is that legalization? I don't know. I, it seems like it's not, you know, I think this could possibly be something for us to strive for though. I mean, as far as like to get to the next level, right? Cause the more act's not going to go through safe banking, maybe because money's evolved, but nothing else i don't think you know yeah yeah but um good for ghana for doing that next step in aligning itself with the international trend of reforming cannabis laws which lawmakers have set as a priority in 2020 for the narcotics commission act i just uh, we'll have to get a new international treaty about uh you know changing that that cannabis treaty or the scheduling I'll have to do one of my new videos will be about the 1961 international uh, law about it. And then hopefully YouTube will release the AI where it'll just like translate what I'm saying into every fucking language, which would be then hilarious because then you'd be like, oh, so it's bullshit. And then they'll watch the other videos in their own native language and they'll be like, oh, it's bullshit over there too. Fascinating. It, it's yeah. the, 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 you know, and again, if you're in the industry or if Tom even 
his legal perspective has inspired you to uh, dabble your toes in this because it has for others, right? Like, I oh, yeah. didn't know it until that one time at uh, uh, MJ Biz where you mentioned that somebody used our fucking show, your fucking show, the one of the uh, videos you made uh, for illegal pretense. And, and, and you know, yeah, you got some dismissed. <laughs> it's just rationality. The, the, well, the, the whole then, process of this. Yeah, but then you also like the the guys that do the pre rolls, and so like they called, you know, and uh, they they tune in, and I'm like, no, nah, they can be good, and they're doing they're doing uh, pre rolls as a service, beautiful thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But then it, that happens a lot. Like a lot of my clients, you know, uh, that I've had, that they, they find out about the show and then they'll they'll become clients. And then some have enough money to actually win and stand up these things. And some just have uh, enough money to win. Well, and again, uh, the, the business of the, the cannabis side is just like what? You're, you're in this, the more of the hand touching with the stores and the, the grows and whatnot. Uh, you remember I mentioned MJ Biz, this, this guy, when I got this lighter, this little flicker lighter from the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he did a contract with Burner. Uh, out of that, Burner got his hands on one of these. And uh, there's other ways for auxiliary ways to make money in this thing called the industry, right? There's just not, it's not all weed. You don't have to just be a grower. You don't have to be yeah, a. You, you want to be a toothpick or a toothbrush. You want to be a product that people use a bazillion times, which is not a number. Or, but like a toothbrush is a great product because everybody uses them at least twice a day. And so weed is a great product, but then what else do you need to use the weed? Uh, there's a lot of pre-roll companies. There's a lot of uh, glass or uh, periphery companies. He had like a, a particular lighter design that was fun. So you mm-hmm. might be able to sell that a million times. I wonder if the, the new, so like, you know, the grower is an essential part of this industry. I wonder what, uh, like these new recreational markets, eventually these guys are going to be able to like form like some sort of consistency. It's only going to get better, I think. These guys, uh, hopefully they're being treated right by the companies. I'm looking forward to that part of it. As far as like talking to like Illinois people and creating more uh, content for that. So, yeah. Me too, man. But you know what we've done? We've blown past the first hour. And so that is the show that is Cannabis Legalization News for the first week of 2024. Uh, you can find me over at CannabisIndustryLarry.com. And by the way, one of the things we're going to be trying to do this year is to put the band back together, not just a band, but like a consortium of cannabis lawyers all over the United States. And so that's why we made it this Cannabis Legalization, I'm sorry, CannabisIndustryLarry.com backslash join. So as we create a better network of cannabis lawyers throughout the country we can greater serve our clients in new locations yeah no tom's doing it if you uh, want to dabble i mean unfortunately it's not cheap and it's a, it's a risk all of this is a risk we're still waiting still, still waiting wait. license yeah I, I, I always thought that was a fish song it turns out the talking heads did that it was cross-eyed and painless uh, hmm. That is, you know, so put on the talking heads, cross-eyed and painless. If you are waiting for a social equity license in Illinois, you'll still be waiting and you'll get there eventually. We'll see you soon. Yeah. yeah.